0: Yeah, obviously we're quite a at football as well. Hello and welcome to Fogging Great, episode three off the back of Arsenal's incredible 97th minute winner away at Kenilworth Road at Luton. I'm alongside Tom Clark as ever. Hello. Hello, mate. How's it going? Yeah, all good. All good. We're obviously recording this the day after the, uh, the game. And I think I'm just about calming down, uh, but then my Uber on the way to recording this... My Uber driver was an Arsenal fan and
1: he's warmed me up for this. I'm hyped again. Yeah, I mean, I'm glad you were calming down because I haven't <laughs> yet. I mean, worry now. It's 3pm, so it's, uh, uh, yeah, getting on for about 16 hours after the final whistle. And I'm still, I don't really know where I am. My throat still hurts a little bit. Um, <laughs> well, that's but, yeah. it. I say I'm
0: calming down like I haven't watched the highlights about seven <laughs> times today.
1: Same. I'm so glad it's not just me.
0: Yeah, so there's there's a lot to get into from the game. There's, you know, obviously a late win like that. It feels incredible at the time. And I think if we were recording this directly after the game, we'd be fucking buzzing. Mm-hmm. But now it's kind of settled a little bit. Yes, I'm still buzzing, but it maybe felt a little bit bigger than it did. As much as mentally, what that'll do for the players. You saw it full-time. I think Gabriel and Saliba, when the full-time whistle went. Jumped into each other and were giving each other hugs. Obviously, you've got the scenes when Rice scored the goal, mm-hmm. it felt absolutely massive. But in reality, we've got three points in the game, we should have got three points from anyway.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's not, it's, I don't think that the three points is, is probably not the headline from the game, is it? In the end of the day, I think. You know, I don't, I, 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 I'm not going to be naive enough to suggest that Luton away is an easy game because it isn't. You know, I think we saw that last night. The, the, Rob Edwards, afterwards, their manager, was going on about how Arsenal loved to have control and all we did was put a bit of chaos into things, and they did that really well. I don't think many sides would be going to Luton expecting it to be easy, but it is a game that we sh- we will have been looking at and going. That's, I mean, I was. I don't know about you, I was looking all all through yesterday. I was going through my life, going through my day, thinking can't wait to watch Arsenal later should be a guaranteed three points have a nice evening and move on um and it is three points but yeah i mean it it, it, it shouldn't be the three points that we're surprised about we should have expected that i think um but yeah i mean the, the manner of it is just it's it's, it's exhausting man. Yeah. it's just mm-hmm. t- it's crazy exhausting how often this seems to happen for us yeah
0: it's it's almost as if we thought there was going to be a grand old reset like over the summer. Yeah. And we'd left all of the the Bournemouths and the the Southamptons and all that late drama behind us. But with Arteta just loves a late goal. And I I do think, you know, a lot of the talk about uh people from people who support other teams talking about how, oh it's lucky, it's mm-hmm. you know, is it is it a worry that we're scoring late goals? And yes it might be because we're leaving it that late. Mm-hmm. and i guess you could say we're leaving it to the footballing gods <laughs> yeah. but then the other side of that is we're working hard over 90 minutes and yeah. we we're, we're ready to get a goal whenever we can and i you know last night was a fucking mental game but <laughs> to say the least yeah you know on the balance of
1: play we did deserve the win yeah, of course, there were no doubt. Yeah, we definitely deserved it. I mean, just looking, I'm, I'm just thinking, looking back over the past few weeks of the season. So obviously, last night was man was madness. Wolves at the weekend, we should have been coasting. The last ten minutes ended up being a little bit shaky. Then Brentford the week before that was last minute win. Um, You go back through it and actually you see time after time, Chelsea, we ended up getting the late late equaliser. City was a relatively late winner. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, going back all through the season, even back to the Community Shield, where we Trossard scored in the last minute of added time, it seems to be happening every week for us. Now, don't get me wrong, I'd rather it happen than it not. (laughs) I'd definitely rather those late goals, late winners, late equalisers happen. However... It would be nice to go and batter someone. And I know we you know, we battered Sheffield United and we beat, we beat Long 6-0 less than a week ago. I'm probably being a bit picky. But um, it would be lovely to batter someone. But yeah. at the end of the day, you're right. It actually, it doesn't particularly matter. It just feels like sometimes the desperation. It's December. Do you know what I mean? It's early December. I can see the desperation seeping in every couple of weeks when it gets to March and April but December feels really early to be, to be worrying about being so desperate for a result at the end of every single game, where some of these games we really should be just coasting.
0: Yeah, we should be. And we'll get into the specifics of the goals and we'll obviously talk about Raya and his part to play or mm-hmm. just playing no part in two of Luton's goals. <laughs> but Fergie time was a thing for a reason. You know, you go back to the 90s and the early 2000s and it was, it was applauded. Yeah. That Man United had this never say die attitude, and they had this inevitability of grinding out results late on. Yeah. So you know maybe maybe the discourse is different because we haven't won anything yet.
1: Yeah, I think so. But but I also think it did happen. Fergie time was definitely a thing. But I think it's quite vastly overstated how often it happened. And they also did go out and batter a lot of teams mm. quite easily. You know, if it happens three or four times a season. You're thinking, wow, that's, I mean, it felt like it happened quite a lot last year. You know, the Bournemouth game, the Villa game, off the top of your head straight away were two games that we, essentially, the, the dying embers of the game saved it from, from nothing. Mm. And it seems to have happened already by December more times this year than it did last. Um Which, you, you're right, on one hand, it's better that it does happen. But I just think, I, I'd just like us to calm down a little bit and go and have a few games where we we're not completely bricking it for the last 10 minutes of every single game because it's bound to have an effect on the player's mentality as well. Mm. Maybe positive, I don't know, mm. but to me if and I'm well, not well,
0: well that's the thing like you look at the interviews last night you look at Declan Rice and Saka right after the game. Yeah. They're both absolutely buzzing off it. So as much as you know they'll they'll probably have a recovery day at Colney this morning. Um and look back and obviously there's things we should have done a lot better last night. Yes. We, you know, there's, there's nothing quite like that 97th minute winner. It's true. And like, yeah. we, you know, we feel it as fans, whether we're in the stadium or watching at home, um, scaring the hell out of my dog screaming <laughs> when Rice scored, by the way. Yeah. Um, Imagine what the players must feel
1: like when they're on the pitch and they've
0: played a part in that.
1: Yeah, I think, I think mainly I'm concerned for my my cardio, cardio health at this <laughs> stage because it's, it's becoming a real problem. Um, and uh, my Apple Watch is continually reminding me to calm down whenever I'm watching Arsenal. <laughs> um, and yeah, you're right. I mean, I'm not an elite, an elite athlete. Maybe the, the adrenaline and the exhilaration of us keep, keeping somehow snatching victory from the jaws of defeat or draws or whatever, maybe maybe they do love that. Maybe that's what gives them their purpose as a professional footballer. I don't know. Um, but you remember towards the end of last season, I didn't particularly agree with him here, but Gary Neville was going on about how everything was very emotional at Arsenal from mm. about February onwards, and he thought that played a part in us eventually capitulating and not winning the title. I don't necessarily agree that we were over-emotional. I think it's ridiculous to suggest that a last-minute winner in a game like the Bournemouth game... We over celebrated or over emotional because even if we were fighting for seventh place, that was mm. still a ridiculously amazing moment. However, I must admit, from the perspective of, of, of an, a man who's growing apparently old, I, <laughs> I would like to see us not be so desperate. Mm. But again, you know, I'll, yeah. take, I'll take, it's, the, it's, take the three points when they come. I'm not going to yeah. turn it
0: down. Whether you agree or disagree with what Neville said at the end of last season in the run in last season, it hasn't changed. It there's seem there's, to have done. there's no vibe change at all. That being said, if we get a 94th minute winner uh, through an Emmy Martinez own goal <laughs> away at Villa on Saturday, I would absolutely love
1: that. Yeah, I mean, again, I I say it time and time again. I'll take it every week mm. if that's how we get our three points. Yeah, fucking amazing. It just Doesn't seem very sustainable. It doesn't seem. I think that's what I'm trying to point mm, out. I think yeah. I think at the end of the and I thought. It was going to be last night. I thought when it was getting towards the end, I thought, you know what? We can't keep expecting to dig ourselves out of a hole in the last minute. We can't expect it to happen every single week. At some point, and it isn't luck. It is persistence. Mm-hmm. But at some point, our luck slash persistence slash ability to be able to snatch that win is going to run out. Mm-hmm. Um, and it nearly did last night. And it very nearly it keeps, like it keeps as, getting late. As, as good as as good
0: as we were attackingly last night, like no team has gone to Cannaworth Road in the Premier League this season and scored more than two. No, exactly. So the fact that we've gone there and scored four is is an achievement in itself. We were we looked very
1: dangerous going forward, oh.
0: but we've we've got to look backwards.
1: Um, which is bizarre, you, isn't it? Because last week we were talking about how. Well, going forward, we seemed a little bit blunt yeah, this year, yeah. and defensively we were really solid. And here yeah. we are, seven days later, and all of a mm. sudden, the world has changed. Yeah, and we, it's we the looked, exact opposite. I mean, I texted you at one point during the game last night, and I think it, it felt like we could have pretty much scored whenever we went forward, mm. and, uh, and and and. And
0: but then, it, it, alternatively, it like every single time Ross Barkley had the ball, he looked like prime message. It's true. I
1: don't know what's happened like, to that, it, it,
0: that That was really pissing me off last night. It was really annoying me. Yeah. like He has is, he is not played like that and gliding past players since his breakthrough at Everton. No. F- f- infuriating. It's mm. infuri- I don't know where it came from. No. Someone needs to have a look into it. Yeah, the fact that him and Andros Townsend are absolutely <laughs> doing us.
1: Townsend as well. Oh, my oh God.
0: God. God. <laughs> Honestly, just just start Scalatchy.
1: Ugh. Oh, well, yeah. Well, I mean, at least you know what you're going to get from Skolachi, yeah, admittedly. That's true. Um, that's true. But yeah, but yeah, I yeah. think.
0: Uh, so, back to the point. We've, <laughs> we've we've got to look backwards.
1: Yeah,
0: it came on. It came on the TV last night that, despite us having the best defensive record in the league, although mm-hmm. tied now with Liverpool mm-hmm. um, before they play their midweek game, because we we're recording it before that, mm-hmm. uh, that we had the most errors leading to goals in the Premier League. Yeah. Despite conceding the least. Yes. Uh, with five. Yeah. Uh I'm wondering if they're counting last night as 3 I think, because I think there's scope there.
1: I think there's definitely two.
0: Yeah, there's definitely two. Like the fir- the first goal, good ball in, there's three or four players going for it, it falls behind to Osho. Mm. Martinelli should do better.
1: Yeah, I think I think he lost his man. Yeah. And as an attacking player that happens quite a lot, yeah. but I think mm-hmm. I think yeah, I mean we've including the three last night we've conceded 14 goals and five of those have been individual errors. Mm. So you cut the errors out, and you're looking at a season not quite as good, but not far away from Mourinho in 2005 when mm. they conceded 15 goals all season. Yeah, you know, if, if you get to this stage of the season, almost halfway through, and you've only conceded nine goals, which if we cut out our individual errors, we would have done. Mm-hmm. That's insanely yeah. good. Mm-hmm. But those errors keep cropping up. Yeah, mm-hmm.
0: and it's been it's been about 10 minutes, and we haven't. I don't <laughs> think we've mentioned his name in full yet, David Raya. Got to do that We've got to. Um, still top of the league, by the way. Uh, yeah. <laughs> da- David Raya. Five,
1: five points. at, at um, this stage.
0: So, obviously, objectively, should do better for the second goal, should do better for the third goal. We can talk about the ins and outs and that for hours on end, but he should do better. Mm-hmm. But these mistakes that the goalkeepers are making, because, you know, you look back to Brentford and Ramsdale yeah, looked a bit shaky. shaky. These yeah. mistakes that the goalkeepers are making they're only making them because they're nervous. And they're only nervous because of the situation of having two goalkeepers pitted against each other. Yeah. And that is a situation that Arteta produced. Yeah. And I'm, I, f- I feel like I'm a broken record at this point because I feel like we talked about this in the first episode, maybe even touched on it in the second episode. Yeah. But I'm not sure Ryan makes those mistakes if he's the number one goalkeeper.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, I think what I would say, it's, hard to, it's, a, it's super hard to tell. Um I think I think he you know I can't remember him making that many mistakes when he was at Brentford. Mm.
0: I don't I don't remember him uh crosses being a weakness of his. No. As much as it's been shown up in no, his Arsenal
1: career so far. I don't either. Um I mean I didn't study him particularly massively when he mm. was at Brentford so that might play a part but I think there's probably a couple of points I think I don't think as I said in the first episode of this podcast I don't think the way that it's been dealt with is particularly conducive to a positive working environment for a goalkeeper um the, you know more so than any other position on the pitch uh that is the one where you've got one and one only at the end of the day that's your number one um and while you might have a first choice striker Eddie Nkeyi is fully aware that he's going to get a lot of minutes in a season whereas with keepers that's not always the case so I think yeah that working environment is is not it's not it's not working at the moment for him I also think, you know, he's not played for a, a big club before. And no mm. no offence to Brentford, because I've got a lot of respect for what they've done. But Brentford, I was watching Brentford, uh, you know, away at Shrewsbury Town 10 years ago. <laughs> and that, that tells you, or well, 11 years ago, whatever it was, but that tells you a lot about how they've risen. Mm. Um, he's not played for a big club before. He's not been in a title race before. Yeah, He's not played in the Champions League before. Is a lot of firsts for, for, for a, a keeper here. And a keeper is a position where you make a mistake probably a goal. Okay? Mm. Whereas, you know, the other positions on the pitch that's not the case. Um so I just think there's a lot that's that's working against him at the moment. Yeah. My 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 main my main point is if not now, when with regards to dropping him. Yeah. I and and it it will destroy whatever confidence he's got left. Yeah. Unfortunately, it will. Because that's the
0: thing. Like I said this facetiously to you last night, but Arteta at the start of the season was like, you know, why can't we sub goalkeepers mid-game? Yeah, and it got to it, it got to a point last night where I, th- I think it was three three, and a cross came in from the right hand side, um, and it was just to the back post. And any other day, Raya comes and claims it. Yeah, but you could just tell he was so nervous. Mm-hmm. He kind of semi came to come and get it, and then let it go, and it's it retreated. and it ran out. And I think it was offside anyway, so it didn't matter. Yes,
1: but it was just you could just see he looked nervous. You can tell a keeper who's not confident. And and other, more importantly opposition players, managers, coaches can tell a keeper that's not that's not confident, you know. Um because you know it's blatantly obvious. And it was you're right, I, you texted me at the time when that happened and said he just doesn't look himself. And he didn't, you know, he came out for that ball and then kind of just retreated and didn't go for it whatever. Um And the thing with this as well
0: it's there's a saying in cricket that if if you drop a catch out in the field the ball follows you. Yes, and there's something kind of similar with goalkeepers. Like if if you're in if you're in bad form, if you're nervous, you'll have that shot that bounces just before you. You'll have an, an awkward cross going yeah. to the back post. It's all these little things that just somehow make it even more noticeable that you're not at your A game.
1: Yeah, and and and, and opposition sides will exploit that. You know, they will put four men around you on a corner and will make life difficult because unfortunately, your feelings don't particularly matter in a game of football. You know, you, you've got to be strong and you've got to be confident and, mm. and they can sniff out a non-confident goalkeeper from a mile away, most footballers. So, yeah, there's a there's a, there's a a problem there. And you did, as you said, Arteta, at the beginning of, of the season when we signed Raya, very much said, you know, what's to stop us substituting a goalkeeper in the middle of the game? If there was a time to do it, it was last night. Yeah. And if there really is a time to start talking about rotating the goalkeepers... Now is also the time. Yeah. The issue with that is I don't know how Raya comes back. Unless Ramsdale then also goes on to make a series of howlers, um, I don't know how Raya comes back from that. Because once you're dropped as a keeper and your other keeper's given a chance, it's really, really difficult to change that. Um,
0: but then maybe that's what Arteta's after.
1: Yeah. Because, I, uh, you know, maybe. if
0: um, Jesus has five, six games where he's not performing, not scoring... You know that you do see that rotation, and nobody bats an eyelid.
1: Well, I mean, so he, may, maybe the time is now. Even last night, Zinchenko, you yeah. know, didn't get. Uh, I th- I, by the way, we looked better when he came on. that's it yeah! But but he got dropped last night, mm-hmm. um, and you know, might have been fatigue. He might have been tired. Whatever. I don't think so. I think it was down to the fact that he played a really poor game at the weekend.
0: To be fair, I also think that the semi-relevant point is the fact that Tommy Asu was out. Yeah, so we true. might have wanted someone more defensive on the left-hand side. Yes. when we had Ben White. It's possible. It's,
1: it's very possible. Um, but uh, I think, uh, you know, he's shown our, the, the manager that he's more than okay with, with rotating players yeah. and dropping players. He dropped B- Bamiyang, who was our best player. Mm-hmm. You know, um, he's okay with that. But he's now going to have to make a very difficult, and it is a very difficult decision. Because mm. whichever way you choose, you're damned if you do, if you're damned if you don't, essentially. Because yeah. you, you, you you drop Raya, you kill him. Not literally. You drop right, you kill his confidence and you kill his momentum if he's got any. And if you don't drop him, you're saying to Ramsdale, there is basically nothing you can do. Yeah, to get back in the side. Because that's
0: because that's, that's the thing. Like, there's obviously it, it. It's so different. There's no one rule fits all for players moving to different clubs in terms of time it takes to settle in. Mm-hmm. So does Arteta stick with him and think, okay, he's just settling in? Does does he pull the trigger and Ramsdale's in at Villa mm. on Saturday? And like you're saying, damned if he do, damned if he doesn't. Yeah. And whatever way you look at it, whatever narrative you're talking about when it comes to Raya and Ramsdale together, Ramsdale being harshly treated, Raya, you know, settling in, he's the new keeper, he's obviously been the number one since he got brought in. It all works against a good outcome. Yeah. Which you know, it's a really unmanageable situation for a man, for a manager who I don't think his greatest skill is man management.
1: No, I mean, we spoke about it a little bit. I mean, I don't know. I, I don't know. There is a way out of it now. I think, honestly, from minute one, when he committed to it being two first-choice goalkeepers, I think that was kind of, you're you, you knackered at that stage. I don't think there is a way out then. My, que- my question to you, mm-hmm. what do you do on Saturday? Do you, do you drop Raya? Because I, I know what I would do, mm. but I'm intrigued to hear what you would do.
0: So i i i don't I don't know if it's the same with um, the majority of Arsenal fans, but we don't have an emotional connection to David Raya yet. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of us do have an emotional connection to Ramsdale. Mm-hmm. Like, yes, he's he's had moments where he hasn't been, where his shot stopper might have let him down, or. Whatever, mm-hmm. but he's been there for us and he's got us back into the Champions League. He was he started every single game when we were fighting for the league last season. So, yeah. if if you had to tell me, gun to my head right now, who would you play on Saturday? I'd say Ramsdale. But I fully understand that, like you've just said, that would
1: ruin yeah. Raya's confidence. And for that reason, I I still go Raya. I mm. do. I I I think probably emotionally last night, I probably would have agreed with you and said Ramsdale should play. But looking back on it with a bit of a clearer head this morning, I think I think he's, if he does the same on Saturday and costs us against Villa, I think it's time. But I, I really, I really think you have to give him the chance to redeem himself. And you know, we talk about his mistakes and the mistakes that he's made while he's been in the while he's been the first choice keeper. Yeah, last night was a bad game and Chelsea mm. was a bit rough. But yeah. in between, there haven't been that many massive, massive issues, right? Mm. So I think you give him Saturday. And I think you say, okay, not explicitly, but this is, he knows. He must know this is your chance. This is it. You prove yourself or you, you, you're going to be on the bench next game. And I think, mm. I think that is the one more chance that I would give him. It's, because it's the I, big... Sorry, go on. I, I don't... These games are huge now. And the next three games we've got are huge. Mm. You know, We've got Villa away, Brighton at home, Liverpool away. Mm. Massive, massive games. And you need players who are in form... And players who have got confidence in those games, mm. you need everyone to be bang up for it. Villa away is not many harder games in the league than that this season. Well, that's, that's what, that's what,
0: that's what I was away. about to say. It, the bigger decision is to bring Ramsdale back in, mm-hmm. but then all of a sudden he has got the biggest target on his back away at Villa Park, yeah. which is a tough place to go. They're a bloody it's good side this season. They are annoyingly, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so you know, maybe maybe Raya gets Villa Park. Mm-hmm. And then, should a change happen, we've got a home match to Brighton, which won't be easy. No. But you'll have 60,000 fans cheering Ramsdale's name to get him through it. That's kind of how
1: I'm approaching it. But, I mean, who knows, honestly. Mm. And I don't think we'll get much of an indication from from Arteta. Even no. last, after the game last night, the, the interviewer asked him explicitly about Raya. Mm. And he he just basically... He just said, him. I'm happy with the whole team. Exactly, yeah. Which, I, I'm all for. I don't want him to go out there and slaughter the keeper because mm. that's not going to help anyone. No. But... um. Uh, he's going to keep his cards very, very close to his chest. But I hope, I hope, he sticks with Raya just for one more. Um, Ask me again on Saturday night, (laughs) and we'll see. Um, But I'm hoping that Raya can come back and prove that actually... A lot of the doubters, and you're right. We do have an emotional attachments to Ramsdale, and that's mm. really important. We shouldn't forget that. And I think that's what happened with Shaka leaving and Havertz coming in. Is mm. actually to begin with, a lot of people go, oh, "I miss, I miss Shaka," because actually they missed mm. the man, Granit Shaka, yeah. mm-hmm. more than the player. Um, and I hope that Rice can turn that around. Yeah. Much like Havertz has done, because he was our best player last night. Oh. I know Rice got our man of the match on Twitter. Yeah. But Havertz was the best player. It, on the it, pitch.
0: it could have. It could have gone to Havertz. It could have gone to Rice. It could have gone to Jesus as well. Yeah, Jesus. Is um, great. But Havertz. We <laughs> episode two, just to big up our podcasting skills and our chat about <laughs> Arsenal. We were like, why the hell would you start Havertz away at Luton? That's why. Incredible. Absolutely incredible. I mean, His his hold up play when we were knocking it somewhat long to him yeah. um his link up play he was just seemed to be in the right place at the right time and he was dragging us up the pitch at times he
1: was did everything 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 that he could uh, to drag us up there and and that third goal was hugely important you don't get if you don't score then it's going to be a very difficult way to get back into that game. Mm. So he scores that third goal. And Jesus, brilliant work for that third goal, Mm. by the way. But he was right there. And that's where he should be, playing off the shoulder of Jesus. Ball's up top. Jesus has got the ability. I know he's not massive. He's not six foot five and he's not, you know, three feet wide. The guy uses his body so well. He's incredible at it. And it's that Brazilian street football Mm. uh, heritage Mm. that he has got to be able to make his body seem 10 times bigger than it is. He can hold the ball up, play it on. You know, he's done it tons of times in the last few years. Because
0: that's the thing. He 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 plays he plays the physical game and then he's got the composure to just flick through a nice little pass to yeah. Havertz. So it's there not. you go, mate. Get us back low he on level. Absolutely
1: terms. phenomenal. Havertz went through and made, made a brilliant, brilliant run. And mm. also, one thing I also want to mention before we finish is earlier in the season, a lot of people were looking at Havertz and the way he plays football and questioning his commitment, questioning his desire and questioning his determination to do well for the club. Because he plays football in a very understated manner hmm. that reminds me, and I'm not saying he's on the same level yet, he might be one day. Reminds me a lot of Mesut Özil. I knew I knew okay. you were going to say that. I knew it. But are you you go back and watch those highlights again, Jack, because I will. As soon as we <laughs> as soon as we press stop, I will watch them again, and I'll watch them again, and I'll watch them again. And you watch Havertz when that goal goes in at the end of the game. When we go four three up, you watch Havertz because that is a man who's committed. Hmm. That is a man who wants to win, and that is a man who has in like three weeks, turned his Arsenal career around. Mm. And I guarantee, for the first time since we signed him, there were going to be Chelsea fans watching that game last night going, that's annoying. Yeah. Because I would be if I were them. Yeah. I'd be watching that player and going, why could we not get that player? Where was that player when we had him? And I'm sitting here now telling you that Declan Rice for 105 million quid was a bargain. Mm -hmm. And in six months, I'm laying down this now, and I will die on this hill. Yeah. They will be saying the same about 60 million for Havertz. Mm. I don't know if we win the league this year, and I don't know if he's the bloke that leads us to the league this year. But he is a player, mm-hmm. and I've see, the last three games have convinced me of that. And um, and it's just about making sure that we use him in the right way. But he he's got everything that he needs to succeed. It,
0: at it, I t- I tell you what the the pressure that was on him from when he first joined and not getting goal contributions, whatever the way he's in the space of three four performances become almost undroppable.
1: Yeah, I, I, I would not think of not starting him on Saturday. Now would not would not even think about it. And I'll eat my own. I'll eat my own words on this. I'll, I'll I'll read my own tweets out from the first few weeks of the season, and I'll tell you, I I I tweeted along the lines of, "Does anyone know what Havertz is supposed to be good at?" <laughs> and I've seen now, and I was wrong because he is he is clearly, and and I should have known it because mm. you don't play for Bayer Leverkusen, Chelsea, and Arsenal if you're not a good football player. But I've seen what he can do now. There'll be football
0: Twitter fans everywhere saying, "Well." <laughs> <laughs> yeah true good point
1: um, but I, yeah I, I just wanted to put that in before we finish because he is he's showing everything now and it won't be smooth sailing and some weeks he won't be the player that he was last night and some games he won't perform in the way that he has done but um, uh, but Lons Wolves and, and Luton the run of three games there phenomenal forgetting Brentford as well and Brentford yeah, yeah. of course Brentford he, he's come and scored the winner um,
0: well. before we finish let's look ahead to Villa Park then mm-hmm. obviously we now know that Tommy Asu's out for three, four weeks probably. Yeah, which is Which he seems pretty pissed off about as well because you don't really see players using the words that he did on Instagram. Yeah. Um, so Ben White starts. hmm Does Kivior start again because of that or do you bring Zinchenko in? No, he brings Zinchenko
1: in. Yeah. Um, we need that control, I think. Yeah, definitely. I think your. Kivior... Didn't quite look ready last night, um, and that, which is weird to me because I thought when he came on towards the end of last season and he's played games for us, he's actually looked a really composed player. But I just don't think that atmosphere and the way that the game was panning out, particularly in his strengths, he seemed a little bit frightened on the ball. And I don't think, you know, looting away is one thing. Villa away at this season is a very different thing. So Zinchenko definitely, but someone's going to have to give him a click around the ear and tell him to not give the ball away in our own 18-yard box. <laughs> so Zinchenko gets the nod for me and then with Zinchenko left back are we then playing Rice,
0: Havertz and Odegaard as midfield three still
1: Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I mean, I can't I can't see a I can't see a better option at this mm. stage. I uh, I've I've I purely because I don't know I don't know who we play instead to yeah. be honest. I've I've enjoyed Trossard getting more minutes, but I don't think that that left CM is particularly his yeah. strength in a game like Villa away. Um so I think, yeah, and Havertz. I don't think you can hop, drop Havertz no. after last night. I think he, and I, I, I was. We obviously we questioned dropping him against Wolves, um, but I wouldn't. I certainly wouldn't drop him now. Mm. And then it should be fairly obvious who the front three are.
0: Yeah, well, that's it. And then one of the most infuriating players of all time, who played incredible away at Luton, Gabi Jesus. Yeah, <laughs> like just when we were starting to think mm, maybe we should dip our toe in that striker market, you know, a couple of weeks ago the the links to Osimhen came out yeah. and we're like, right, okay, a proper striker. yeah. But then he pulls a performance like last night out of the bag
1: there aren't... and it's just like, do it more often. Yeah, I mean, there aren't many players who can do what he does. Mm. There aren't many strikers who can do what he does. He actually reminds me of <laughs> a far better Alexandre Lacazette in that he... he makes things happen without necessarily being a number nine who's going to score you 30 goals a season. He's never going to score 30 goals a season. Mm. And I think it's time we, accept- we accepted that. But if he chips in with 10-15, and and he provides 10 for Saka and provides another 5 for Martinelli, another 3 for Odegaard, then who cares if he's not the one scoring him? Mm. I mean, honestly, I would still like us to go out and bring in a number 9 who's going to score us 25 goals a season um, because I think it's very difficult to beat a a club like Man City who've got a robot up front if you don't have one of those, Mm. um, especially when the other rivals, Liverpool, have got Salah. Um, I think we need that bloke who's gonna probably gonna go and play a proper number nine and maybe that's what we look at in the summer. But I still would hope that Jesus would have a, a part to play for us as a club. And I certainly wouldn't want to see him leave. Mm. But yeah, I mean just when he just when you think you're out he pulls you straight back <laughs> in, doesn't he? He's got that quality, man. He's so, just amazing, amazing on the ball.
0: On that note, let's uh, let's leave it there and mentally look ahead to Douglas Luiz' audition for Arsenal January transfer (laughs) signing at home uh, when
1: Arsenal play Villa on Saturday. Um, Oh, Arteta won't be on the sideline either.
0: Oh, yeah, we haven't even talked about Arteta not being on the sideline and celebrating uh, too much. There's
1: not much more to say about it. I don't know how you over-celebrate a 97th minute winner that no. puts you five points clear at the top, but that's the way it is. What it does mean... When will it end, Robbie? Is that he won't, <laughs> is that he won't have to stand next to and sniff the diesel that Unai Emery puts in his hair. Uh, yeah. So that's one thing, I suppose. Yeah.
0: Airpod Albert, or well job. delegated, Michael. <laughs> uh, right, that's it for the end of episode three of Fucking Great. Tom, thank you very much for joining us. Pleasure, thank you, mate. If you want to keep up to date with all the content that we're doing, search for Fucking Great on wherever you find your podcasts. Uh, subscribe as well, please. If you like, no pressure, but you know it means it means you know when we upload. Do it, subscribe. Do it, subscribe. Uh, right, you can reach us out on Twitter as well. All those details will be in the description down below. Thank you very much for listening, and we'll speak to you next time. See you later we